Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison. It is Sunday the 6th of March in the year 2022 and I'm coming to you live from the Adelaide Writers Week as part of the Adelaide Festival. Uh, this is not an official Adelaide Festival event. However, Van Battam did uh, conduct a number of events yesterday promoting QAnon and On, A Short and Shocking History of Internet Conspiracy Cults, her best-selling book, and I am here to support her. And a big shout-out to all of the fans of The Week on Wednesday who've come up to us either in the street or at book signings and said hello to Van and myself over the last day and a half. It's been wonderful to meet you all. I want to give a big shout out and thanks to all of the people who are supporting the week on Wednesday through our Buy Me A Coffee page. That's buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday. Don't confuse that with your union join page, australianunions.org.au slash wow. That's W-O-W. So different ends on each of those. Buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday, australianunions.org au slash wow w-o-w again big shout out and thanks to all the people of adelaide for making us feel so welcome it's been a huge end of the week as always in australian politics and around the world what i want to focus on today is some of the things that did or perhaps didn't happen on insiders the flagship abc political show which is on sunday mornings Peter Dutton, the Australian Defence Minister, senior member of the Morrison Cabinet, and some would say leadership aspirant of the Liberal Party, was the guest interviewee. And David Spears, as always, is a very good interviewer. However, the interview itself was very poor. Peter Dutton, at the end of the week, was revealed to have significant connections to an individual whose business dealings are certainly under a cloud. If you haven't seen the Friendly Geordies uh, video about Peter Dutton, I suggest you check it out. We've posted on social media about it. It is absolutely revealing and in some ways condemning. Peter Dutton was asked no questions about his connection to uh, a particular business in his electorate for which he has filmed advertising. For that business, not for his campaign, not posing with the business in the usual sort of campaign way. We endorse Peter Dutton. No, no, quite the opposite. Peter Dutton appearing in commercials for a local business. A local business, which it turns out now, may have been involved in some particularly underhanded business dealings and potentially some illegal conduct. Now, that remains to be proven. And of course, there is quite a legal process around those sorts of things. But certainly there are questions Peter Dutton should have been asked about his connection to that company, to the individuals who own it, and why some of those individuals are connected to companies that have received government funding, particularly government funding from departments that Peter Dutton has been the minister for. None of those questions were asked on insiders and it was a significantly missed opportunity. Peter Dutton, of course, as Defence Minister, has responsibility for mobilising the Australian Defence Force. The situation in South East Queensland and Northern New South Wales in regards to the floods is appalling. It is a total lack of competency 
On behalf of both the New South Wales government, Dominic Perrottet has admitted his government has failed yet another failure from the boy prince of New South Wales that the entire Commonwealth will have to bear the cost of. But so too has Peter Dutton. However, Peter Dutton refuses to take any responsibility, deflects criticism of his response, of his performance as minister, as somehow being a criticism of the brave men and women of the Australian Defence Force who serve in uniform. Let's be very clear here. Peter Dutton is not a serving member of the Australian Defence Force. As far as I'm aware, he's not a reservist. No one is criticising the men and women of the Australian Defence Force who are trying desperately to help their fellow Australians. We are critical of Peter Dutton's ability and failure to mobilise those people, to mobilise our Defence Force in support of the Australian people. We've received tweets just in the last few minutes from people in Lismore who say it's been seven days of flooding, seven days without power, no sign of Defence Force help. There's footage of people in tinnies making decisions, and this was reported on Insiders as well, making decisions about which of their neighbours is more likely to die more quickly and therefore prioritising their rescue over the rescue of other neighbours. This situation is appalling and foreseeable. It has been predicted again and again and again and again and again that as global temperatures rise, flooding events and severe weather events will get worse. What has the Morrison government done? What has Peter Dutton done? The Defence Minister has failed to defend our nation against the most predictable and foreseeable threat, that is the threat of catastrophic climate change-induced disaster. Instead, David Spears spent most of the time talking about Ukraine. Now, we have talked about Putin's war on Ukraine because it is a significant global event. It is a battle of democracy being invaded by autocracy. There are lots of issues around that. There are lots of issues for how Australia engages with even some of our neighbours. Peter Dutton got to spend a good 10 minutes on insiders sabre-rattling against our largest trading partner, China, making bizarre and wild comments, which even the panel on insiders was essentially unable to put into any kind of context. He essentially seemed to make up policy defence policy on the run. He seemed to reverse previous on-the-run defence policy that he had mouthed off to the media. The man is an incompetent buffoon who has left huge gaps in Australia's capability. This was covered on Insiders as well. You can, If you're interested in a discussion about defence capability, check out that Insiders interview because there are gaps. There are gaps in our submarine fleet, gaps in our frigate fleet, gaps in the provision of helicopters, uh, fighter aircraft, and uh, armoured personnel vehicles, all of which Peter Dutton has burned billions of dollars in his failure to provide for our defence personnel. Peter, I'm sure you're not listening, but in the odd chance that someone brings this to your attention, please know that neither myself nor anyone else in Australia is critical of the men and women in uniform in the Australian Defence Force. We're critical of your incompetence, of your deflection 
and your inability to accept responsibility for your failure as a minister. You are a disgrace of a man and you should resign. Undoubtedly, you will put your hand up to be leader of the Liberal Party once Scott Morrison loses government. And I hope, I hope you get the experience of leading that party to a massive electoral defeat because you, sir, have failed the Australian people. Not only now with floods, not only with defence capability, not only by stoking tension with our largest trading partner, but also in the simple act of being unable to deploy our defence force to help our most vulnerable elderly elders, the citizens who are in aged care. Seven days to mobilise 129 people. That's Peter Dutton's legacy. That's what he did. Now, he said on Insiders there'll be 2,000 people deployed into the floods. Someone pointed out that's less than 1% of Australia's defence capability. Peter Dutton couldn't mobilise 1,700 people in a week to help in aged care. He mobilised less than 130. For the people who are impacted by these floods, I'm sorry this has happened to you. I'm sorry that New South Wales Liberals and Queensland LNP ministers are so incompetent that they have destroyed so much of our sovereign capability, not just in manufacturing, which we all knew about, but also in our civil society, in our public sector and in our defence force. They have gutted this nation. They have handed out billions to companies that barely exist as more than a name on a piece of paper simply because they are liberal donors. It is a disgrace and I'm sorry that you have to bear the cost of that now. The Mud Army has been mobilised in southeast Queensland. The civilian population of southeastern Queensland has been able to be mobilised by local councils, state MPs, local people working together to clean up and defend their homes more quickly than Peter Dutton with all of the money and all of the resources of the Commonwealth at his disposal has been able to mobilise. This is not a failure of government. This is a failure of the government, of the Morrison government, of which Peter Dutton is a prime example. Do check out the Friendly Geordies video because it is absolutely mind-blowing, the, the information that he provides. It is absolutely mind-blowing. And frankly, I was very disappointed that insiders did not push Peter Dutton on his connection to some of these companies, for which he has quite publicly, quite publicly made commercial television and online advertising. I think it's important here that we start to think about the broader context of the election that is coming in less than 12 weeks. Not only has Peter Dutton uh, and Don Perrottet failed in regards to floods, failed in regards to aged care, failed in regards to submarines, failed in regards to frigates, but of course we've now seen this week that the Morrison government has failed to deliver $100 million worth of car parks that it promised before the last election. 
Undoubtedly, they'll be promised again this election. Three of them are in Josh Frydenberg's seat, uh, all of which were not on the list of priority need. This is an ongoing failure of the Morrison government, failure to deliver. They failed to deliver their religious discrimination bill because of course they did, because what they were trying to do was make it easier to be a bigot, not protect actual people from actual discrimination where they would be denied access to work or housing or other parts of civil society. They failed to deliver a federal ICAC. They simply have abandoned the concept. And when you look at the failures of people like Peter Dutton and the videos made by people like Friendly Geordies, you can start to understand why Scott Morrison's cabinet was so keen to say no to a federal ICAC as part of any deal, whether it was put to them or whether they put it to someone else. There will be no federal ICAC under a Morrison government because so many members of the Morrison government would undoubtedly end up having to answer questions at a federal ICAC. I'm not saying they would be found to have done anything wrong, but there are many, many questions that need to be put to members of this cabinet. People like Alan Tudge, who again was in the media at the end of the week for leaked text messages, where, as again on Insiders they pointed out, he essentially encouraged a former staff member to mislead a security clearance form for Parliament, for access to Parliament. Alan Tudge, the man who campaigned on family values against marriage equality, who had an affair with his staffer, the man who sought fit to lecture Australian educators about Australian values and then proceeded to encourage a former staffer to mislead Parliament security on a security clearance form, has decided he won't put his hand up to be a cabinet minister this side of the election, but is likely to rejoin cabinet or hopefully shadow cabinet in opposition after the election. This goes to the core of the moral vacuum that exists within the Liberal Party. There seems to be no end to how shallow and hollow and vacuous the Morrison government is prepared to be. Alan Tudge should not even be in Parliament, let alone be considered for a ministry. And thankfully, the good people of Aston now have a solid choice. Mary Doyle, the Labor candidate, someone who I've worked with personally in the past, is an excellent, excellent local candidate and would make a fantastic local representative for the people of Aston. Someone who says what she believes in and does what she says. These are a simple set of qualities, but are lacking in Alan Tudge. Of course, we also know that the Morrison government has failed to deliver the budget surplus. They failed on the vaccine rollout. They failed on NDIS. They have failed and failed and failed. I want to make a point about the emergency fund, which they're failing to use to help communities at risk of fire and flood 
and are failing to use to help those communities recover from those things. It is a $4.8 billion fund. It is earning more interest than they have rolled out. Every year, they are making money off this fund. And Bridget McKenzie, the minister responsible, who was also the minister responsible for sports rorts, has said that it's like a term deposit. Now, Peter Van Onselen made the point on Insiders. Government is not a business. It is not a household. We don't need to set money aside like a superannuation fund or like some kind of future investment fund. We are a government and a nation and a commonwealth able to raise taxes to pay for the things we need as and when they are required. But if we're going to have a fund like this, we should, of course, be tapping into it when we need it. Shane Stone is the coordinator of the gen- coordinator general of the National Recovery and Resilience Agency, which is the agency responsible for using the fund. Shane Stone went on Sky to say, it's not true, and really the whole problem is people building on floodplains. People build on floodplains when they're given planning permission to do so. People like Shane Stone are very aware of this because he is a life member of not just the Victorian Liberal Party, but also the Northern Territory Liberal Party. He is a former Chief Minister of the Northern Territory. He is the Assistant Chair of the Global Corporation Group for Centre-Right Parties. He is a deeply political person who is very aware of how developers and councils end up applying for and approving developments on floodplains. Now, I'm not suggesting he's been involved in anything untoward at all. Shane Stone has an impeccable political CV. He has been involved in numerous labour hire companies, gas sales, oil sales. He is clearly a man of the world. But he is also clearly a political appointment. And his attempts to defend the Morrison government while holding what is, in effect, a public service role strikes at the very heart of how Morrison has corrupted our public sector. Instead of advocating to the government to release these funds to the many tens and hundreds of thousands of people impacted by floods, Shane Stone, life member of the Liberal Party, has defended the Morrison government and attacked the people who've lost their homes. It is outrageous, and he should step down. But given no member of the Morrison government voluntarily steps down, I can't imagine why a political appointee from former Liberal governments would bother to step down either. I want to talk very briefly about the economy because the next election is likely to be fought on those grounds. 
And we've just talked about how Morrison and Shane Stone and Bridget McKenzie have been unable to manage this pool of $4.8 billion in a way that benefits the Australian people. They're unable to manage our entire economy either. They promised to be back in black and, of course, we've had major budget deficits. Of course, COVID is part of that. And I'm not arguing against budget deficits. I think budget deficits that build the industrial capacity, the capacity of our people are good things. They help lift the living standards of Australians now and in the long term. What we have seen, though, is huge amounts of waste and costs imposed on the Australian people. The GDP figures came out at the end of the week. And what they show is that, yes, GDP is growing because, of course, it contracted due to COVID. So we're recovering some of that lost ground. But it also showed that profits are up 13% while wages, in real terms, are down 1.2%. The disparity, the inequality in our society is growing far more rapidly than it was even before under the Morrison government. What those numbers tell us is that the average wage earner in Australia is $832 a year worse off than they were the year before. What those figures tell us is that Australians are dipping into their savings in order to pay for the cost of living. The Morrison government cannot manage the economy. Whatever you think about the Liberal brand and economic management, use your eyes, look at what's happening around you, look at the information that's available. Morrison is not John Howard. Morrison is not Malcolm Fraser. Morrison is incapable of managing the economy. They have $4.2 billion sitting in a quote-unquote term deposit while hundreds of thousands of Australians are desperately working together to save themselves and what few possessions they can from a flood. Morrison does nothing. The staggering incompetence of the Morrison government hopefully will be its undoing I want to point out that right across the country, union members are doing hard work alongside the community. The ETU is out there, its members, trying to get power back on to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes that have been impacted. And it's a huge, huge effort, often at great personal risk. Union members are part of the community. They're people who live next door to you. They're the people in the tinnies saving people in their neighbourhoods. And I really can't stress enough how important it is to be a member of your union, to join and be part of that collective, part of that community, because it's your community. AustralianUnions.org.au slash wow. And I want to end today's episode on a real positive note. It's International Women's Day on the 8th of March. That's this Tuesday. And there are union-led activities happening right around the country. There is a big rally happening in Melbourne 
outside the Treasury building uh, at 5.30, I believe, it's starting. I'd encourage everyone to go along and show solidarity. Men to the back, please. This is, you know, so important, so important that we understand that under the Morrison government, the respect at work recommendations have been largely ignored. Sexual harassment is not part of the workplace health and safety regime in order to stamp it out, and it should be. Family domestic violence leave, which the union movement, as we talked about on the week on Wednesday, uh, is being brought as a case to the Fair Work Commission because the Morrison government refuses to legislate for paid family and domestic violence leave. There are so many issues impacting women here in Australia, working women here in Australia and around the world that are not being addressed by the Morrison government. And I think it's so vitally important that we all show solidarity. We all show solidarity on International Women's Day uh, and we make sure that whether it's Morrison or Albanese uh, after the next election who's in power, that things change for the better. Things must change for the better. And we know that they can. We know that they can. So that's the weekend wrap. Just like the week on Wednesday, it was a little bit longer this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks so much to everyone who likes, subscribes, comments. Please do comment. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, commenting on Apple Podcasts helps us get in front of more people. So do try and leave a comment if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to join Van and I for the week on Wednesday. This Wednesday, Van will be doing it from Adelaide. I'll be back home. Hopefully, we can get the technology to work well. Until then, be kind to yourself and to each other.